Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hi, and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm so excited to be sitting here with my new friend, Kim Amici. Kim um, can be found at KimberlyAmici.com, but also the Build Your Best Family podcast. And so we are going to be talking all about how to build healthy families, how we have a culture in our families. I'm really excited to sit down with Kim. This is actually the second time I have sat down with Kim, uh, well, actually the third time virtually, I've been on her mm-hmm. Build Your Best Family Facebook group, which is a free group you can join. Um, and she's so great about having so many free resources. Um, but I actually sat down with Kim in person in November um, at a conference called Blistum. And, um, you know, I if you heard my podcast with Noelle and the Friending Podcast, that was actually, I referred to Noelle as this person I almost met because she was going to come with her friend. And now I've realized that friend is actually Kim. Um, <laughs> so her and Noelle are real life friends. So I think, you know, if you, your mind is being blown right now. Um, but I love how sometimes we make connections that later on in life, we really get to know um, who these people are and what they're all about. Because you can't find out that information from a quick lunch somewhere. But um, yeah. but I've loved following Kim and just hearing about her passion for really healthy families. So Kim, tell me a little bit about yourself and also how you really got into this idea of helping encourage um, families to just kind of go beyond the status quo. Yeah. So, um, I'm a family culture coach, which simply means that I'm just a certified life coach that helps people imagine plan and build their best family. So I am, um, a mom and a wife. I have three children. They are 13, 15 and 17. Make sure I get that right. Cause we all just had a bunch of birthdays. Um, so I have been in the trenches with little ones and now I'm getting ready to send my oldest off in about a year. And so I've learned so much about family, but for us, I think a really pivotal time in our life was when we discovered what family culture was and how to build our life with intention. And so for my 40th birthday, I got myself, um, a life coaching package. I got myself a life coach, something I wish I had done way earlier in my adulthood and my motherhood. And we started to unpack what my values were, what the things I was passionate about, how I was using my time. And it was like such an eye-opening experience for me because I felt as though for a very long time, I didn't have a focus that I was a jack of all trades, but I was doing nothing well. Like Mm. I could show up and figure it out and tinker and get it right. And I could do it, do what I needed to do, but I wasn't going anywhere on purpose. And I wasn't really leaning into anything that I was super duper passionate about. Um, And so right around that time too, we were starting to feel like, you know, the, the, the joyful, but yet sometimes unpleasant 
crunch of like family life. We were overscheduled. We were doing all the right things. We were active in our church, active in our community, doing all the right sports, taking all the right lessons. And again, we just like as a family, similar to what I was experiencing personally, as a family, we were kind of going all these different directions, but nowhere together. Mm -hmm. And so we felt like, let's try to get on the same page. Let's Let's actually live the family life that we talked about when we were newlyweds and we, we thought everything was going to be perfect and easy and <laughs> would just fall into place. Like none of that happens. So how do we get on the track? How do we actually live out those things that we imagined? And so my husband and I, we set out to put together a family mission statement because that's what everyone was doing at the time online. And it was on all the Pinterest boards and, and especially within Christian circles, it was like, you know, the buzz, you can, you can get any number of books on how to do that, but, um, or the importance of it. And so I sat down and I was like, well, how do you do this? Like, how do I really do this? Because uh, there weren't a lot of instructions on breaking down the process. And so I started to break down the process and figure out what it was like to do the to figure out my values, how, what I was passionate about played into that. And I created this beautiful little mission statement. We hung it up, but then we forgot about it. (laughs) And so I thought we had like checked a box, but really we weren't like, it it didn't create any real change within our family. Mm. So I started doing more research and kind of like stumbled back upon like this principle of culture and that businesses and organizations when they create their mission when they create their their vision um when they when they set up their organization they understand culture and culture is simply this is what we do this is how we do it this is what you can expect from us and i was like well what is that for our family and we started down this path of really discovering what culture was how businesses create culture what makes businesses successful what are those growth and leadership pr- principles that they're applying in the other in in this area that we can then apply to our family so that really got us on this course of like wow there really is for lack of a better word a formula of how we can get our family on a path that has purpose that has intention that has joy um, and really sets our kids up for success Kim, I don't know if you could tell, but inside I was like screaming with joy. As you, I was like, yes, this is so good. Um, I want to just peel back to one thing you just said. You talked about this idea of yeah. companies having culture. And I want people to think for a minute. Just think about some of the places you go regularly. So whether you go to Trader Joe's or Target mm-hmm. or Walmart or a restaurant like Chick-fil-A or McDonald's, like Starbucks, there is, there's a culture. And you'll go to these chain places And you'll step in, you're like, I know what to expect, right? Like I know what to expect as I go to this place. And so I love how essentially what you're saying is we're actually going to intentionally create this culture the same way these companies have. There's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that goes behind the scenes and training and developing um, a culture. And so, you know, for me, in terms of our family, we were pregnant with our, uh, no, pregnant with our third Uh, We had a very, very quick little baby moon, and my husband brought along a book. It was Patrick Lencioni's um, The Three Big Questions of a Frantic Family. And um, he is this leadership guy who, his his books are great because he writes them basically in a parable form. So it's very storytelling driven. And he, he had this line at the beginning of this book, and he basically said, you know, if companies or CEOs ran their companies the way we run our family they wouldn't thrive. Like they would just be destroyed. And so it was this idea of how come when it comes to a company, we're so intentional and we have all these systems and we do all these things, but with our family, we just kind of go with the flow. 
And I love how you shared that where you were was this family and you shared, you said you were doing all of these good things or right things. And I think that's the challenge is that we can be in a place where we're like, I'm doing all the right things, aren't I? Like I'm, we're volunteering at the school and we're, we're helping out at church. We're doing, we're signing up for this sport and this activity. Aren't our kids supposed to be well-rounded? And we have all of those things we're, we're doing that are the, they, and they are good. But then we get in this place where we're like, how come we feel like you had this line where you said we were doing all of these things, but we weren't actually going somewhere like together. Right. And so yeah. there is a moment where you can step back and say, oh, are, is what we're doing actually mm-hmm. lining up? Like, is it taking us where we actually want to go? Yeah. And so let just break down for us a little bit of, I think for a lot of people listening, we could be in that place of, okay, our families felt really frantic. And one of the things I've heard from people again and again is, that yes, this COVID season has been hard, but it's also been a blessing. Um, and I heard that from a lot of my friends who had teenagers who said, yeah, we're not running around every night. We're actually together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as things do start to open up, as we're making decisions about what we're saying yes to, um, I just want to pick your brain a little bit about like, what does it look like as we are in this season and, and how do we move forward with intention? Yeah. So I think this is a fantastic season of reset for many families. It's a perfect time to um, figure out what it is that's important to you, um, what it is that you've missed during this season, and what are the things that you're so happy that you don't have to deal with, right? Like that can start to be the framework for a conversation around like what what's the next phase of our family life going to look like? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to culture, the most important thing is to figure out what, what's important to you, what you want to be known for, what are your values? Um, because what happens is once you figure out what those values are, it helps starts to help you make decisions right. about what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Um, it, and it helps and it gives your, your kids, it, it just um, gives your kids a foundation so that they can begin to develop their identity and understand the things that they want to be known for. So can you give me an example then of what a value is and how that would help us make decisions? Because I think this is key right here. Yeah. So value words. Um, So for example, some of our values as a family are creativity. Um, It's faith, it's generosity. And so we all, we've all seen the value words when we walk into an establishment and they have them on a poster on the wall. And the thing with values are is that they're abstract concepts. And I think that what, what was key for us in taking that mission statement and turning it into a culture was saying, okay, so creativity is one of our values. Generosity is one of our values, but what does that actually mean? And so when I work with clients, we go through the process of taking that value and turning them into maybe like three to five practices that have to do with that value, because then you're able to coach it. You're able to um, measure it. How are we doing in that area? Are we doing it? Are we not doing it? And then we're able to celebrate it when we hit those marks. And so for us, for example, like integrity is one for us. And so one of our practice statements, one of the things that it means to us is that we will um, honor all of our commitments, even when it's hard. Hmm. And so I love that because um, a perfect example of this was uh, there was a big snowstorm that came through town. It was on a 
you know, Friday night. So Saturday morning, we wake up, there's snow everywhere. Everyone's in their pajamas. Everyone's comfy, cozy, but my son had wrestling practice. And, you know, typically my husband like will not shovel the driveway unless he has to. And then he sort of negotiates whether he really has to do it or not. And so I said, it's time for Aaron to go to practice. And he was like, well, you know, like, does he really have to go? How many people do you think are going? And, and then he kind of went down this whole thing. And I was like, I had, I had an opportunity there <laughs> instead of saying, well, you never shovel and we never, we never can go. I said, our value is to do what on our commitments, even when it's hard. And I said, this is a commitment that our son has made and it's hard and it's difficult and it's not easy, but we need, this is what we say we're about. We need to show up and do this. And so we were able to like address the value and not get into an argument and place blame because you know what, this is what we do. Like you can count on and rely on us. So that's just one of the ways that we've taken a value and turned it into an actual practice in our life. I love that. Now, how did you um, actually come up with family values? Cause I've done the work where we figure out what our individual values are, but how are you deciding both as a couple and then with your kids, how are you saying, Hey, this is what we value. Yeah. So for us, it was a, and that was another thing. Like I wasn't finding the answers to that. And I was like, please just tell me I'm a very practical person. I'm like, just tell me how to do it. And so for us, it looked like big sheets of paper, um, you know, a values list, like trying to figure out what are those values, what are important to us. And then when we came together, it was literally the process of taking a highlighter and going, okay, these are very similar. And then these complement each other. And then how can we bring those together? So sometimes when I work with clients, they'll come to me with like 25 value words, like he's written a list, she's written a list. And so we start to figure out how they work together. So we start to have discussions about like, okay, so these are very complementary ideas. We have two words here. Is there a word that can encompass both of those things? So then we start to really do some wordplay. What does this actually mean to you? What is, you know, how can these work together? And then there's going to be a time when you're going to have individual values that aren't necessarily a family value, but that's okay. And then there's other values where, you know, my husband said, well, creativity is not that important to me. Like he's a finance guy and my background is, is is in design and architecture. And he's like, "Mm, creativity, but he's like, it's important to you. And I think I would love for us to embrace it as a family. So it's like marrying the, the, you know, sets of values. It's wrestling with them, taking them out. If you don't need them, embracing them, if it's important to your spouse. Right. So it's, yeah, I really appreciate that. I also appreciate that as I picture you guys with your highlighters, um, that, that work is intentional. And mm-hmm. when I think back to my husband and I being on this little baby moon, reading this book, he just said, can you, as we are away from our kids for the weekend, um, and we, you know, we had these dinners and lunches out where we I think we stayed about 45 minutes after we paid the bill each time having these conversations. And it's because we actually had um, something we were both engaging in saying, hey, we want to start being intentional. But I think back and I go, oh, that that took work. And as you guys had the highlighters, like it actually takes work. And we can often have this idea of like, we want... I want our family to be peaceful. I want our family to do more of X, Y, and Z. But we haven't done the work. And so Mm -hmm. I think... You know, we, we can often feel like, where are we going to find the time um, to, to do this work? And I appreciate that there's lots of different um, ways to be intentional, whether that is saying, hey, mm-hmm. for our, we're going to do a date night um, once a week 
for the next month and we're going to talk about this stuff in our date night or we are going on a trip or having a drive is where we often when we've gone for drives I've had um, a list of conversations that we need to talk about on my phone I'll pull up and say hey let's talk about this thing that we don't normally either feel like talking about or have the time to work through and so um, I appreciate that you said you know that it's not necessarily about um you know, convincing the other person, this is what you have to do or who you have to be, but a way to find mm-hmm. the commonality and a way to, um, really get on the same page. And mm-hmm. your example of the, um, snowstorm is one where these are the things we fight about as in marriage and in families is we, it's the little decisions often in those, mm-hmm. those ways. And so if you have a way to say very quickly, something that is going to encompass who you stand for and say, okay, we have this value. It's actually no longer a fight or a time where you have to use all this energy to convince the person. It's like, you're right. This is who we want to be. And this is, we want to be those people, even when it, we don't feel like it. I think that's part of developing that culture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked about kids too, like for, um, and this is the way I typically um, encourage parents to approach it is that it's your job as the parents to determine your values. But then what we've done is we've gotten our kids in on the conversation when it comes to more of our cultural practices. So, um, you know, my kids, we got them involved and we, we, like you said earlier, we pointed out all of these businesses and we said, well, what do you think of when you hear this, this company's name? And what do you think of when you hear, you know, this, and we even went into the areas where we're like, what do you think about our neighbors? Like, what can you expect when you go there? And they started rattling off like what they could expect. And this mom has the best snacks and these, these siblings, they fight. And, and this family, they always talk to us. All the grownups always talk to us. And then, you know, so like they always, they had something to say. And so they were able to be like, well, we want, we want people to have fun when they come to our house Mm -hmm. and we want people to eat really, really good food when they come to our house. So like our kids were able to articulate and contribute to the, what we were as a culture, while we established the values, they helped come alongside us and, and kind of expand on the idea of, of what our culture was. Yeah, which is so great. I think probably the best companies are the ones where the employees um, actually feel proud to develop the culture, right? Like yeah. you don't go into a Trader Joe's and have the employees be like, oh, I have to be so happy. Like, like they're yeah. they're excited <laughs> to be there. Yeah. Um, and I'm, for all my Canadian listeners, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have Trader Joe's in Canada. And <laughs> it's actually one of the big sadnesses of this COVID season because the border is closed. Yeah. <sighs> oh, to Trader Joe's. Okay, so, um, but... It's a great example for me where you just, you know what to expect. And so I love that you, you brought your kids along and I think it does help, you know, trying to, this can happen. I mean, I have a almost four-year-old, this can sort of happen with her, but it is going to happen more with my older kids. And I don't have to wait until Mm -hmm. she is old enough to really understand all the things before um, Mm -hmm. we're able to talk about those things. And so we've had the odd family meeting where we, we talk about those things, right? Like we're a, we're a family that loves each other and we forgive each other. And so we have, you know, mm-hmm. I think one thing you could talk about a little bit is how we actually, we do develop a culture sometimes without even realizing it, right? We have some yeah. of these things in place. So can you just give us some examples of ways in which we might be already developing a culture when our kids mm-hmm. are little, especially? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone has a culture. It's just a matter of whether or not you've intentionally defined it. Right. And so, um, you know, like one of the things that, um, 
I offer is a family culture discussion seat where you can start to talk about what it is that we want to be known for as a family. And what happens is, is like you have the opportunity in this sheet um, to talk about your past. Like, what did you grow up with? What are the things that you did as a family that now you're just repeating because that's just the way it's always been done. Now it's okay to carry things over from your past into your future, but are you doing it on purpose or are you just doing it because that's the way you've always done it? Or are you reacting to the situations in your life just because they're happening to you and not because you're addressing them or have pre-made decisions about how you'll handle things in the future. And so it, it's just a matter of taking time to say, okay, what's in play in our lives right now? And so it looks at, you know, like discussions about what did I love growing up? What, what said home to me? What sights and smells and sounds and what things happened that I love that I want to carry forward. And then also having that hard discussion of what do I want to leave behind? What do I want to let go of? You know, what am I repeating that I'm like, oh, I sound like my mother. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what is it? And then so when, because once you identify those things, then you're more likely to actually um, walk in, in the things that you want to do, right? Yeah. So when you, when you set your goals, when you predetermine how you want to live your life, you're more likely to follow through with it than if you haven't even talked about it or thought about it. Yeah. Well, I heard you refer um, in another podcast to this idea of when your kids were little, you um, you would sit at the table with them and have mealtime with them. And mm-hmm. that really that was part of you also expressing to them, like, this is what we do at a meal. Like we sit yeah. down. And so eventually it becomes the thing where... Uh, they expect it and it's not like every day they're going, hey, where where are we eating our meal? And, mm-hmm. you know, when you have kids that are little, you do some things again and again enough so that if you don't do them, your kids will tell you, right? Yeah. Like I am yeah. um, a high school teacher, but I've had the odd day where I've covered for an elementary school and you go into that elementary school and if you don't do exactly what their teacher does, they those kids <laughs> tell you like, Miss so-and-so does it like this. You're like, I don't even know. Um, but yeah. our kids will do that. And so you can pick up on those things. Oh, okay. Our ki- like, you know, this is what we normally do. And so I think mm-hmm. in many ways, what you're saying is how do we actually, um, how do we be the architects in our family? How do we put mm-hmm. those things in? What are the things we want to have the outcomes? And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, as we go into a new normal, I think part of it too is saying like, Hey, are we people who want to sit down at the table together? How does that shape the commitments we begin to say yes to again, right? Like what Mm -hmm. are the things um, that we need to actually put into place? And there was a great episode I had, um, I'll put it in the show notes, just um, with Abby Turner, we talked about hospitality and just, she had some amazing stats for families about the power of sitting at the table together and what that actually Mm -hmm. does for our kids. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that you, you have those ideas of, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, our family culture and we're, we're super rigid about these things, but how do we kind of build yeah. it in? Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's going to be season, times when season change changes and there's going to be times of transition. And for us, we went through a season with dinner where my kids started doing later um, evening sports in the evening that conflicted with dinner. And I had a choice. Did I want to give up dinner or did I want to be one of the, like, did I want to eat dinner on the go? Did I want to like sacrifice right. that meal time for the sport? And I decided, no, why don't we start eating? Well, eat dinner at 4.30 right. 
we'll go to the sport. And then at nighttime, we'll do some cheese and crackers and some fruit when you're exhausted and tired and you need a little something. So like we refused to let go of dinner in that season, not because we were trying to be rigid, but, but I was like, my kids expect that every day. This is what we love to do. And even in the changes of seasons, how can we hold true to our culture? So like our why is not going to change. Our values are not going to change, but maybe how we live them out is going to change. And so if we can just stay connected to that why and that how, like why I'm doing dinner, why I think it's important, the how might change. And that's okay because we're still fulfilling our family's culture. I love that. As you were um, talking, I was reminded of a text message I got from my parents in January. We were out of town and it was Saturday morning. My mom sent me these pictures of my girls just quietly like reading and coloring and doing their own thing, playing quietly. And she's like, look at this. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is, this is actually what we do on Saturday. Like this is actually, um, you know, because my kids are still young, we haven't had Saturday activities. I've, we purposely kind of pulled out, out of those for the last few years, um, so that we could have this Sabbath. And so my mom was so blown away by it, but I was like, yeah, this is actually, this is what they expect. Like we're not yeah. getting, this is the day we're not getting up and racing out the door. Um, and again, that's, mm-hmm. that is seasonal. Um, we don't know. I've, I've always kind of said, we'll just take it kind of year by year and see what the kids are interested in. Um, and that mm-hmm. will help, you know, determine and shape things. Um, mm-hmm. so I do appreciate that you, you shared that idea of season seasonality. Um, one thing I want to talk about that I've heard you share, uh, is this idea of a family retreat. Can you tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, Again, like if we draw upon the principles that successful businesses use, it's this idea of review. There's a yearly review that most people have. And then in some organizations, they do a 360 peer review, which just means that everybody gets to have input on what it is that how you're performing. So like, for example, um, it would be your managers, but it would also be the people that are on the same level as you. And then it would also be the people that work for you. And so we incorporated this idea into our family because I wanted to figure out like, what were we doing well as a family? What were our blind spots as parents? And what really did the kids need from us that maybe they weren't getting? And so I think my oldest was, gosh, maybe 10. So my youngest was probably like six. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, We started having these family retreats. And so I put together a 360 peer review so that our family could do them as well. And then we mixed it up with really fun activities so that it wasn't just kind of this like boring thing that we have to do with mom and dad. We'd mix it up with activities, but it would give them the opportunity to really give us feedback. And for us, it created awareness about how we were doing. Um, It helped us all talk about our strengths and weaknesses. And then we were able to have a little bit of accountability to one another. And again, taking the sort of the the fight out of the fight you know like when when you you've ta- been at a family review and you're kind of talking about like for example my daughter she sometimes doesn't tell the truth and when her siblings say it to her and when her mom and dad say it to her and we're like and she's like yeah yeah I know like the next time there's a you know a possibility for a sibling's you know argument <clears throat> She has to own her stuff. She has accountability. Like we've all talked about this. We all know that this is an issue. And so she, there's just, it creates like a humility and an openness among family members to just be able to constantly be checking in with each other and saying, how are we doing as a family and how are we doing in our growth as individuals? Okay. So how can we get access to some information about how to do this family retreat and okay. review? Because I think people <laughs> listening are like, Ooh, that sounds awesome. Like that sounds like 
kind of yeah. kind of scary. I don't know how to go forward in that, yeah. but that also sounds like such an incredible way, uh, like you said, to really yeah. grow and connect as a family, but also as individuals. Yeah. So the actual, the full family retreat packet is available on my site and I believe it's $4.99, but um, the resource that I'm making available to your listeners today has um, two sheets of sample questions. So it's a handful of like questions that can get you started awesome. if you want to do it around the table. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's quite, it, the first time we did it, we were, we were so surprised how well it went, mm. right? Like we, we test all this stuff before we put it on our website. We're like, is this going to be a disaster or is this going to actually go well? Yeah. And um, our kids had some really great, like honest answers for us. Like, we don't like that we're late at, all the time. We don't like that. Um, you know, we bicker when it's time to go somewhere or like, I even had one of my daughters be like, well, you don't push me hard enough in my, my grades. And I'm like, what? Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you just say you want me to push you harder enough? Um, you know, and now as they're getting older, it's a little bit more like articulate and they're used to having these reviews. So they look forward to be able to give us feedback. Um, but the kids really do have something to say. And if we can just listen to them and ask questions in a way that's age appropriate and, and that makes them feel like you're really interested, they will tell you. And, and it just strengthens you so much as a family. And is this once a year and you're actually getting away somewhere? Yeah. So we do it once a year. Uh, we typically get a Groupon. So we find a cheap hotel typically that's local and it's, you know, it's like 20 minutes away. We always make sure it has an in-ground pool, like an indoor pool. Um, we always make sure it's like close to some park or a mini golf or just, you know, a Starbucks so that each kind of activity that we do is bookended with something that's really fun. Mm. And um, typically it takes about two days, like two and a half days, because we spread it out and we do, we do it yearly. And then recently I've just updated the family retreat packet with um, sort of like a six month check-in. So like, how, what do we do once we've gotten all the information we have, once we've figured out what everybody you know, has to say, kind of just like in an organization, you find the common thread and you choose one thing that you can work on as a family. And then one thing you can work on individually. And then we typically do like a six month check-in with our kids to be like, Hey, so remember when we did that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about where we are. Is mom and dad like improving? Are you improving? And they're able to say yes or no. I mean, they've said no to us. No, mom, like you're still dealing with this. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, well, yeah, thank you. What I love about this is this is actually very similar to the, the Patrick Lencioni book I referenced in that they're, um, they take a goal and just kind of say, you can't tackle everything. So what's your one or two things you're going to work on? And then there yeah. are those, those checkups. And so what you've done is you said, we're going to do this as a family um, mm -hmm. and as you were describing this retreat, I'm thinking of a staff retreat that my husband does yearly where they do that same thing where they're bookending fun. So you're connecting, yeah. you're laughing, you're having fun and then having these serious conversations. And I think that's yeah. so key instead of just saying, Hey, we're going to go be hard and serious or mm -hmm. the flip side where we're on vacation and we're just letting loose and having fun. And so I yeah. love the intentionality um, behind that. And really, yeah. you are really cultivating this culture mm -hmm. um, in your mm -hmm. family. Um, one thing I did want to say that I think is, uh, we've already kind of touched on this a little bit um, in that you shared earlier in the episode that you um, had a life coach. And mm -hmm. so you, you chose that as your 40th, I think you said your 40th birthday present, mm -hmm. like this is like what mm -hmm. I want to do in my life. And you also said, I wish I had done this earlier. Um, and then you also shared about your course and you're, you're giving us some free content. 
um, mm-hmm. with these free download downloadables. But what I want to just hit on for just a tiny moment is that um, you also have something, you offer some paid family coaching. You have this retreat package and I'm the person who I, like I want all the free stuff. Like I'm going to follow people and I'm going to get all their like free podcasts, Mm -hmm. free resources. And this isn't just a plug for your stuff. This is um, what I want to say to people really is that we have to begin to invest And Mm -hmm. there is something different that shifts when I, like, think about for a second how many things you have on your Pinterest account that are like things you saved. You're like, one day I'm going to do that sheet, right? Like you, you can get all the mission statements in the world that you want. Um, and a lot of freebies, free downloads, things that we can do. Mm -hmm. There's something that happens when you say, Hey, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for this. And even like the coaching, there's something about Mm -hmm. that where you're inviting somebody both to speak into your life, but when you're paying for something, there's a saying that says when you pay, you pay attention. You're actually showing up in a different way. And I know for me, um, that happened probably, I was pregnant with my second. So this is, she's turning six next week. So this is over six years ago. Um, there was a woman locally who was offering this mentoring course. And a friend of mine said to me like, Hey, this is in some ways, this is our chance to, work on our stuff. Like we knew, Hey, we've become moms and things are not really going well in our personal lives. Um, and so this thing was offered and so it was year long. And I remember actually the first session sitting there and trying to calculate how much it was costing me per hour. Is this worth it? And, um, because I'm so frugal, but, um, but I saw that was the first, that was the first moment I started investing in myself Mm -hmm. and saying, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that saying where it's like, a date night is really is cheaper than therapy um, or a divorce or anything like that. And yeah, so a regular checkup is, is cheaper than going to the hospital. Totally. And <clears throat> so like, how do we begin to say, Hey, there's things in our lives we need to start investing in. And mm-hmm. I've had many other areas of my life now that I've, I've poured money into not because I've had this excess money uh, floating mm-hmm. around, but because I said, I actually really need to be intentional in this area of my life. And so whether it's marriage or family or my, you know, the life coaching, personal development, we all need people to, to look at, at us, our lives and help us see things we can't see and actually begin to help us move forward. And so that's my little plug just for people who are afraid to put money, um, somewhere that, um, all of the, any of the money my husband or I have spent investing in our marriage, investing in our family, investing in our own, um, you know, seeing a spiritual director or things like that. It, it Mm -hmm. all, it all pays back dividends. Yeah. So, um, if anyone's feeling that nudge, I want them to make sure they check out, I'll have all the links, um, in the show notes to you. Um, just that people, I think, you know, it's easy to feel, it's easy to feel discouraged in our families. It's easy to feel like things have gotten off the rails or it's too late. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. would you say to the family who's feeling like, Hey, our kids are already, you know, preteens or teens or something. And we, yeah. you know, what would you say to those people? Yeah. So I, I don't think it's ever too late to start developing a family culture. Um, you know, my kids are older and there's a ton of things that I wish I had done 
but it's not too late for me to introduce. So like, I'm even, even me, who's kind of like had this idea for a long time that this is important and this is what we do. I'm starting to see, oh, I've allowed this to creep in and I've allowed this to creep in and I want to now change that culture. Um, It's just, the thing about culture is that culture doesn't change or become culture with one big dynamic campaign or one big announcement that we're going to change as a family and we're going to start doing something different. It happens with the small steps that we begin to take over time. And so you can start to make little tweaks. You can start to like pick an area or two that you want to see change and just decide that you're just going to make different choices, that you're just going to make different decisions. Um, You know, I mentioned it earlier briefly, but like making decisions ahead of time, this is what this is really comes down to making decisions ahead of time about who you want to be and who you want your family to be. And then you reverse engineer that and then say, well, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. And so it can start with, you know, a, a, a routine, a new routine of what you're going to do, like you said, like on the Saturdays, right? So like, what's the new new routine for taking care of the house? Maybe it is every Saturday. I just need 20 minutes of everybody's time. And you start doing that weekend after weekend after weekend. All of a sudden you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, my kids do chores. How did this happen? Or my kids are like buying in. Like it, it's, it, it can feel overwhelming, but it really does come down to the small things that we can do consistently. Totally. I so appreciate that because I think, yeah, we can get overwhelming. We can think of our big dream or big goal. Um, Mm -hmm. I also love the idea of um, marketing well to my kids in the sense Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I don't want to one day just like shout at them and say, the house is a disaster. Everybody get here. And which, you know, I may or may not have done. Um, But I love the idea of sitting them down and saying, um, hey guys, we, we all have contributed to what's mm-hmm. going on here. So we're all going to contribute to mm-hmm. um, to making this place thrive and be clean. And what do we need to do? And so when I say marketing, I mean like, what does it look like to be able to give my kids ownership in areas of the house? So they're, again, they're pretty little, but they have, yeah. they love the buy-in, um, especially mm-hmm. at a little age of saying, okay, I'm going to take ownership for this. And I am going to, I'm the person who does the dishes. I'm the person, right? And, and being able to be proud of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, the same way, you know, as you are, you are risking and opening up yourself to getting feedback from your kids in these um, retreats, you know, that's giving them this sense of ownership in the home, right? Mm-hmm. They're being able to say, okay, we, we yeah. are, we are bought in to this yeah. family culture. We actually yeah. have a say. And so I just love all that you're doing to, um, help build these better families. And I know people can, they are going to want to join your build a better family Facebook group and listen to your podcast. And like I said, um, Kim has a ton of free resources all over her website and I'm going to link some in the show notes. But also if you feel like, Hey, we need, we need a bit of coaching. She does coaching. Um, and she helps people go, um, really move their families along and, and break down even some things that maybe we can't see for ourselves. So if you feel like, Hey, this, this was the episode I needed for my family. Um, I wish my spouse heard it, send, share this episode with them, send them a little text with a link and say, Hey, can you listen at some point this week? Then on our date night on Saturday, I booked a sitter. Let's talk about it. Let's start talking about a vision for our family. Earlier in the summer, Mm -hmm. I shared a, um, one of my cultivate, the last cultivating podcast was on vision. And for some of us, we need, we need hope for our family. And And it's okay if you're listening right now and you're like, I feel hopeless. Things feel chaotic. 
Um, and like Kim said, things don't change overnight. Sometimes it's just starting with something small. And I do think too, that, um, the Holy spirit works in a way where he will give you these ideas, these little things where maybe it looks like every Thursday I have a date with this one child who is struggling and we're going to go to Starbucks. We're going to wherever they want or a walk. And we're just going to start connecting and I'm going to be listening or whatever that thing, that little nudge may Mm -hmm. be. It doesn't have to be a major uh, revolution, but what does it look like to start intentionally um, building our best family? Yeah. Kim, I've loved having you on here. Um, is there anywhere else people can find you? Anything that I have missed along the way? Um, no, I mean, thank you for having me. You can find me at um, buildyourbestfamily.com as well as kimberlyamici.com. And I love to hang out on Instagram. I'm there as Build Your Best Family and as Kimberly Amici. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on, Kim. I trust this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um... If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com.